We're going to do a song. I, I've done it here on Memorial Day a few times, and it's actually written about a couple of guys that lived here. I don't know if some of you, it's called White Crosses, and I, I remember as a boy, and I, I think this is important. I wish there was more young people to hear this, because it's almost like we, uh, we don't want to, we don't want to remember anymore. I mean, there was a time, I don't know if you've ever looked back after, even after the Revolutionary War, all the way through our history, we've always honored people who are willing to give everything, not knowing if it was going to be. I mean, when you die on the battlefield, you don't know if your side won or not. You don't even get the, the, you don't even get the blessing of the knowledge of knowing that what you fought for came through. I mean, that's, that to me would be the most, I mean, that would be the most wretched part of the whole deal. But uh, I grew up here, and I, since I was a small boy, I, I, I wore the books out in Concord Library about every book about American history that I could find. I mean, I, I go up there, and my name's still on the card of a lot of those, which is sad because I wish they'd been read enough times. The cards had been replaced a few times. But it just proves my point that we... We need to remember, I mean, as unpleasant as it is, as unpleasant as it may be, and I can remember Ward Davis, I especially, Dad would always send me, I would help Ward do his hay. Ward had a uh, about 9,000 acres of hay, and he had like a six-foot sickle mower. It would take 72 years to cut his hay in the summer, so Dad would send me over to help him. But Ward, Ward would stop calling, and I can remember once Dad and I are riding in the truck. He's taking me over. We've already left the tractor at Ward's, and we're going back to start the second day because it, it was a good project back then. I was slow. Ward was slow. It was, it was tough. But uh, we're going over there, and I can remember Dad, Dad because I, Ward had, had talked very little about, about it, and, uh, you know, he, and he had told me. He had told me about what it was like going on Normandy Beach, which was a spot on this planet nobody ever wanted to have to go. And uh, anyway, we're going across there, and I can just remember, in my heart, it was always, I thought, man, that's guys that aren't much older than me that he's talking about. Ward would tell them how that these kids would basically take their friend that they probably set on a landing craft in the next two, five minutes ago and take their body and pile it up on other guys so they'd have a place to hide from all the gunfire coming in. And I'm thinking, wow. That's guts. That's, that's love for something beside yourself. Because if you love yourself, you're not going to be there. And uh, we're going across there, and Dad Ward had been calling us, and, and he did. He was, when he got ready to do hay, I mean, it, it was, he's calling the phone every 10 minutes and wanting to know if I'm on my way over there or whatever. Dad, he's, I know you can't believe, any of you that know my dad could believe he would gripe, but he did. He said, you yeah. know, and finally I said, Dad. Dad gum, the dude took a bullet in France. Give him a break, you know. <laughs> and uh, but uh, the things he told me have stuck with me forever. And uh, and just to reiterate it, what people have done and why we it's important to remember. I, I watched a thing on a, a while back on it was a PBS special about uh, it was about Normandy Beach and there was this place I don't know it's called the Pointe de Hoc I don't know if you've ever and I pronounce it wrong I'm sure because I'm not French but somewhere somebody found 180 some odd army rangers 20 year old guys in the United States of America who would scale a sheer cliff because there's these guns that command that harbor or the, the beaches there in Normandy. They've got these long-range guns that will reach. I mean, you can't get far enough away. You can't go stay in England, and these guns can't reach you. 
So these guns have to be taken out. And I'm watching the training. Two or three of them got killed in training. They didn't even get the, you know, the pleasure of dodging grenades falling out of them. But they found 180 some odd guys who would scale a basically a four to 500 foot sheer cliff. I'm not talking about one of them where you could run up part of it. I'm talking about you got to figure out a way to get a rope to the top and you got to climb it with guys dropping bullets and hand grenades on you. And only about 20% of them got to the top with that. And the problem was if you got hit, you just died because you're falling 100 feet. So, I mean, but I sat there and these guys, there's a little monument there to them because it's, you know, it was, what they did was worthy of honor. But they got there and they took these guns out, you know, basically 30, 40 kids, a lot younger than probably just about everybody here. And... I would just say that if that's not worthy of remembrance, I've never done anything that ever will be. Probably you haven't either. And, and we need to. I mean, we need to tell our kids. As unpleasant as it is to tell your son, you know, one day you might be called upon to do this. What are we going to do when nobody is willing to be called upon to do that? And uh, I'm like C.S. Lewis. You know, I'm not sure that war really increases the chance of death at all. I mean, there's that last I heard, 100% mortality rate. But when somebody's willing to give it up that young and and go and give everything, we, we need to remember it. I'm not trying to put them in the place of Jesus, but and to, and to my way of thinking, they, did, they lived out the gospel better than I ever could. Because what did Jesus say? He said, the greatest love that you can have to, to fulfill the greatest commandment of the word of God is to give everything you got for your brother, you know. So anyway, I'm through with my sermon. Darv, you're next. But this is a little song called White Crosses, and I, I'd like to dedicate it to Ward Davis and Howard McCormick. White crosses by the hundreds On a hillside by the sea The ghostly quiet thunders out The price of living free In my mind I almost see them Lying silent on the sand In this dance that we call freedom Somebody has to pay the man And I'd love to walk beside you Still I'd rather stand alone Than to turn my back against the flag of this land That I call home The sunlight fades old glory waves And red rockets fill Sky. When I think of white crosses on the fourth day of July, I remember white crosses on the fourth day of
I have wandered through these woodlands I have crossed fields and streams And oftentimes it brings to mind Those who left behind their dreams In my mind I almost see them Lying silent on the sand In this dance that we call freedom Somebody has to pay the band And I'd love to walk beside you Still I'd rather stand alone Than to turn my back against the flag of this land I call home The sunlight fades old glory waves and red rockets fill the sky but i think of white crosses every fourth day of july i remember white crosses every fourth day of And I'd love to walk beside you Still I'd rather stand alone Than to turn my back Against the flag of this land That I call home The sunlight fades old glory waves And red rockets fill the sky But I think of white crosses Every fourth day of July, I remember white crosses. Every fourth day of church this morning. Amen. I think my leg went sleeper. I about fell. I hope that's what it is. I mean, it's, uh, just getting older ain't all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> Amen. It's good to be in God's house today. Uh, appreciate you, everyone here. Appreciate your prayers. Uh, if you will, turn with me. I'm going to read, go to Psalms, the 78th chapter. I'm going to read one verse of scripture there. we got one more place we'll go to. I do these all your prayers this morning. We'll just keep this as short as possible. Seventy-eighth chapter of Psalms. I'm going to read the seventh verse. 
Before I read that, you know, I was thinking about the Elvis this week as I was trying to get this put together in my mind and everything. You know, uh, we are a people today that is so forgetful. I don't even know what I'm talking about or not, but we are very forgetful. And, you know, as this Memorial Day weekend, as we as heard that song, Lord Song, and that's a beautiful song, uh, we don't need to forget what people have paid the price for us to have freedom that we have today. Amen. And we don't need to forget about God. And I think today as a world as a whole, we are doing that very much so. I mean, I'm going to say the world as a whole. I know our country seems like forgetting God very much so. But there's still hope today because God is still in control. I believe that today. 78th chapter of Psalms, 7th verse, that they might set their hopes in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandment. In the middle of that verse, it said, not forget the works of God. And I'm going to kind of use for a topic this morning, not forget, not forget. Turn with me to Matthew, if you want to, for just a moment, in the 14th chapter. We've got a couple things that we'll go over and try to put this together just a little bit. Fourteenth chapter of Matthew, starting in the thirteenth verse. I'll try to I'll read part of it here. And you've heard this story, you know the story where Christ fed the five thousand. It said when Jesus heard of it, fourteenth chapter of Matthew in the thirteenth verse, he departed hence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them, and he healed their sick. I want to just, just soak this in, what he's, what he's done. You know, the, the people seen him, they followed him out of the city, the great multitude of people. He was moved with compassion because there's so many people, and the Bible says he healed their sick. And up to this you know, point here, they, you know, the people never seen this type of work before. Amen. They'd never seen a man like Jesus Christ. They'd never probably heard anybody talk like him, and not, especially nobody healing their sick as they brought him out. And said, It was evening. His disciples came unto him, and this was a desert place, and, in the, part, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the village and buy themselves food. So if you get this, they've been there for a pretty good while, and he healed their sick, and then now it's coming to the time. And I just think biblical, but in my mind, I begin to think, well, disciples are getting hungry themselves, and they didn't want to eat in front of them, other people, because they didn't have much to eat. That just, that ain't biblical, but I kind of see that just a little bit. And he said, send them away, you know. He said, um, you know, Jesus said, they don't need to depart. Give them to eat. And they said unto him, said, we don't have but five loaves and two fish. And one of the gospels, you know, records this as a lad having two fish, fish and uh, the loaves of bread there. And then one disciple says, what are they among so many? But you know, you take Jesus Christ and you can go a pretty good ways with him. And it says here, and then they did eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained and filled 12 baskets full. 
And they that were, had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Just think about that for just a moment. Man, what a, what a current event. <laughs> As they followed the city, you know, and they come out to Christ, and then they, uh, the Christ had healed their sick people, and he taught them, and all this and that, and then now they sit there and they seen this miracle. He had two fish, there's five thousand men besides the women and children, so and there was a lot of people there. And the gospel, and, and one of the gospel records that they hit the, they were small fish. They weren't no big fish. They were small fish. And he told them to take up what remains. And they had 12 baskets full that was left over after they fed the whole multitude. I mean, don't that blow your mind? Amen. Christ is a mind blower. <laughs> he can blow your mind. So after all this happened, can you just, just soak this in for just a moment? We'll move forward. After everything they seen, got 12 baskets full. We got more. And disciples, you know, they, they got more now than they had when they started. Anytime we serve God, we'll have more. Then we have when we started, we just follow him. Amen. And it took this. Now he sent the molded and he and sent and, 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 and go on to the 22nd verse there. And straightway Jesus constrained or turned to the disciples, get in the ship and go to the side. I'm gonna send the multitude away. This is just immediately after he, he they took up the fragments and all this, and he said, Y'all go ahead and get in the boat and get on to the other side. I'll catch up with you, put this more version a little bit. He said, I'll send the multitude away. Then the next verse, he said, when he sent the multitude away in the 23rd verse, he went into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was calm, he was there alone. Everybody's gone. Disciples done what he told them to. They got in the ship and they started going to the other side. Christ went up to a mountain to pray. And I've read this many times and I didn't, this didn't really reveal to me much till now. And this is my own personal opinion and no, it's the, Read something in the Bible, you kind of think about it for just a little bit. What was he praying for? I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a thinker sometimes. I ain't got them all answered, but I'm thinking. What's he with a mountain praying for, man? He just healed the people. He fed 5,000. He don't need to pray. He got it. <laughs> I don't know. This ain't biblical. I think he might have been praying for disciples. Possible. He knew what was fixing to happen in a little while. You know, one place, you know, he told Peter, I've been praying for you. When Peter thought he had it, he had it all put together. I know no one here ever thought they've had it all put together. <laughs> had it had you no know, head life spent by the by the horns and everything. But he told Peter one day, he said, Peter, you know, and he said, You're going to deny me. Peter said, No, I'll never do that. But he said, I've been praying for you, Peter. And I've been thinking about that. And I've been thinking about this. Why did he go to the mountain to pray? Maybe he's praying for his disciples. Because they'd already forgot. Amen. Stay with me. I know we don't forget much, do we? <laughs> One little storm comes our way and we forget God. That's what I'm talking about. We got this privilege we have today, and we think we got it all in control. We just turn God on when we want to. He's up there praying for. Him. 
when Christ was so tired probably, been teaching all day, been healing the sick, been telling 5,000 men besides the women and children there, he'd take care of them all. He told his disciples, said, you get on the boat, put this moan verse a little bit, y'all lay down and rest a little bit, y'all go to the other side, I'll catch up with you in a little while. Y'all job's pretty easy. I got a harder job than y'all got. I'm talking about Christ in that. Because he knew what tomorrow holds. He knew this, the hearts of the disciples. He knew what we would think about him when we forget. He knew the detours we would take in our life because we forget where we've been. We today across our country Memorial Day weekend. It should make every one of us mad when we see somebody burn the flag of the United States of America. I'm emotional dead old one. It hurts today to see the young people act the way they do and not single no one out when it won't work. No respect for elders. We was over the other day at the ball game at Bieber going in. This lady was taking money at the gate. And I didn't see it. My wife sent it. She sent her kids to some to a car. She seen two people get out carrying their older people carrying their cheers. My wife said something to her. She said, I respect what you've done. She said, My kids are going to know when they see something, they're going to take care. They're going to do their part. They won't know, they're going to know what respect is. Come on. What's wrong with that kind of teaching? I know I'm getting off the subject. But Christ went up to pray, probably for them. They got out into the storm, and the storm came their way. And they began to panic. What do we do when storms come their way? 99% of the time, we panic. Because we forgot where we came from. Everyone here the sound of my voice for just a moment think about it. If it hadn't been for God, who's on my side, I wouldn't be here right now. I get down on some of the things you know I face today, but I forget about where I came from. If it hadn't been for God that took care of that, I wouldn't be here. But if God would take care of that, I know He'd take care of this. Amen. He put His disciples on the ship and to go to the side. He didn't put them on there for them to drown in the storm. He put them on there to get to the other side. And I'm here today to tell you, God didn't put you here to be a punching bag for Satan. He put you here to stand up and be proud of who you are. You're born, if you're born again, you're a Christian today. You're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And you are to think today and be thankful today for what God's done for you. Amen. Then why do we got to beg people to come to church? Are you getting me? He didn't put us here to do what we want to do. He put us here to serve Him. My opinion. He told us, how would y'all get to the side? Y'all know the rest of the story. They got in a storm. And they forgot about it. Just a few hours down the road, they forgot about 
I don't know. I, I, this is my opinion. They don't talk about the fragments much. It did, but Lord, they, I believe they took them with them and then put them in a boat. But when the storm happened, they forgot all about the fragments. When the storm happened, we forget about the Word of God sometimes. We forget about where to go to. They should have looked at the fragments and said, you know, if it hadn't been for God, we wouldn't have this right here. And when you're in a storm or there's something in your life today, if you just think about it for just a moment, even though you're battling, you're fighting, you're rowing this boat, you know, trying to survive this storm, just look around and see what God's already done for you. If God got you through that, he's going to get you through this. You understand what I'm talking about? But they forgot. They seen Christ walking on the water and it scared them to death. Sometimes God, you know, we should have known who he was because they just got seen him just a little while before and they already forgot. Isn't it amazing they have sometimes, sometimes problems takes away God in their life and we don't recognize who he is. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So they forgot. But I'm here today to tell you that I ain't going much further. We don't need to forget where we've been from, where we came from. We don't forget who's given their lives for our country and stand up and say, listen, I'm proud to be in the land that I am because we are blessed today. We are blessed today. Somebody said to the other day that you know, President Biden, you know, he's still president. You got to call him president. I guess. <laughs> he said he's going to raise taxes. Somebody said, what are you going to do about it? He said, I'm not going to worry about it. In two weeks, he's going to forget it. <laughs> ah, Y'all get it. He's not in control. God is. Come on. God's in control. If we put our faith and trust in Him, we'll be all right. We can't give up. He remember Elisha, it was Elisha one time and his servant. They sit in after the army sitting after Elisha. And they surrounded the city that he was in. And his servant looked out, he said, Listen, we're in trouble. And all the church world today said, we're in trouble. Amen. That's what we're saying, we're in trouble. And Elisha said, you know, he prayed. Wouldn't we be better off to pray sometimes than to just gripe about stuff? Elisha prayed that God opened his eyes up. Open his eyes up, he might see that there's more around us. Then they're around the armies around me. The army is surrounded. The, the army that was taken, the, the servant thought was, had control of them, but the army of God was so much bigger. Amen. You know, today, the unseen things, today, the unseen things of God is bigger than what we can see. Amen. The unseen things of God is bigger than what we can see today. Do you believe that today? Elisha's servant couldn't see what was surrounded, but Elisha sees, and man, we serve a God that is able today. 
We serve the creator today. We serve a God that gave his son. His name is Jesus Christ. He overcame the world. He overcame the grave. He was victorious today. He rose from the dead. And we today, through his, what he's done for us, we have victory today in Jesus Christ today. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget it. I want to sum this up. We're probably all guilty of what a few things I've said have we forget. Storm coming our way and we say, oh my, oh my. But we just stop for just a little bit and realize who God is, who he is. He can still feed the 5,000. He can still walk on water. What I said about that, what he said about that, I said he can still do the impossible. With God, with man, things are, some things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. He'll get you through to the other side. You believe that? You believe that? Just remember what he's done for you, where you came from. Remember where we're going to. We're going to a place called heaven one of these days. No sorrow. I sit here today at Memorial Day weekend. I begin to think this week about stuff. People's gone on. Man, I like to sit down and visit with them one more time. I like to see old Verdell sitting right there. Not that I would like to bring him back. He probably wouldn't want to come back. But you want to like talk to him one more time. I'd like to see Sister Robin sitting here one more time. I'd like to, say, like to hear as they suck it up, big boy. It's going to be all right. You know, last week, and I, was, this, I mean, I don't know why I feel sorry for me. I'm, I'm blessed. I don't know why I'm just kind of weak this morning. I can't understand for some reason. We took off last week. I had to do two funerals last week. And we took all my wife, been busy at work, trying to get away from stress. We left the house at 12 o'clock, got to the other side of Marshall, some of you know this. <laughs> Vicky's rig got 14,000 miles on it, transmission went out to the other side of Marshall at Ferguson's. I don't know if you might know where Ferguson's is at up there. I called the dealership at Clinton where we bought it at. <laughs> I said, you be all right if I drive this thing back? You know, something's wrong with transmission. It's messed up. He said, yeah, I thought it ain't gonna hurt anything. I pulled that on the road and going back to Clinton, it wouldn't shift out of low gear. Driving 30 mile an hour on Highway 65 on a Friday evening don't take care of stress. <laughs> I didn't know me, I didn't know so many people were missing four fingers in my life time I got to Clinton. I shouldn't have said that, but even the state trooper pulled me over. We finally got to Brass at seven o'clock at night. Boy, it's a stress-free day. <laughs> Vicky's phone was ringing all the way up there and back. It was, it was from our work. Customer caller. I said, why don't you throw that thing out the window? We got there at seven o'clock. We started to go eat about it. We hadn't eaten it all day. We went to this restaurant to eat. I dropped her out and said, put her name in. 
door running back. She's going to pick me back up. Says it's going to be an hour and a half wait before we get in. I said, forget this. She said, we're just going to eat a hamburger. I said, let's go down to steak and, steak and shake, whatever it is. Get a hamburger. Pulled in. Walked in, standing there, and said, wait to be seated. He said, we're not taking any more. I don't know the thing we're doing is taking carryout orders. I said, forget this. So we left there. Five minutes to eight. I said, let's go to Golden Corral. They got a buffet. Surely we can get in. We pulled in at five to eight, and the sign said, open 11 to eight o'clock. I said, well, jump out, run in. Maybe they'll seat us. Praise God, they forgot to change their sign. He's open till nine. <laughs> so we got to eat. We got to eat. You know, eat chicken, eat steak, it was good. See, all that say something to this right here real quickly. My mind went back years and years ago. When me and my wife was raising her two kids, small. Some of you have heard this story. We didn't have no money. Didn't have very little to eat. Didn't have, I was working the highway department then, poorest I've ever been financially. And I went to work and didn't have nothing to take to lunch. Working all day out on the highway gets hot, you get hungry. I was working, I've told Brother Kitty this many times, up on the hill up of the side of her mountain, there was an apple orchard there, had an electric fence around it. And it was there about noon. And them apples was falling on the ground and ready to eat. I don't know if it was stealing or not. I thought some of them apples are going to waste. I caught an electric fence like I was going to the bathroom and I went and got me some and eat them. See, I remember the times like that. But God brought me through stuff like that. We're still together. We're blessed today. See, I don't forget stuff like that. I told the car salesman, I said, we left. I said, you know, if we went on, this transmission hadn't went out, we might have had a head-on collision. Who knows? God knows. There was a reason for all this. I'm here today. We got no car. But we're here. We got a loner. That beats a horse. Thankful for the car. Amen. I stood up. I just want this message today is don't forget where you come from. Don't forget God. Don't forget the people that live their life for a country. And the Lord sung the song, The White Crosses. Don't forget the white crosses you see on TV. When you think about how terrible we got it here, we don't have it that bad. Why? Because we still have a God that's able. We still have a God that's got the army surrounded us. I'll say this one last thing. As I've got older and I've got grandkids, I worry so much about the grandkids, what they're gonna face 20, 30 years of time goes on. But in the back of my mind, I know God's got an army. It's gonna surround them and take care of them. Do you believe that today? Let us stand today. I tell you what, I don't know if you wanna come. We hadn't done this in a while. I just want to close. I just want you to go by and shake someone's hand. You don't fist bump. We don't want to have to hug them or nothing. We ain't done that in a while. We got, we're blessed today, man. If you want to come and pray, come on. But we're going to go, go ahead and close this right now. Just shake someone's hand. And tell them how blessed you are. God bless you and I love you.
for me and my wife. We do. Thank you all. God bless you.